Uh, but you've got to be like right in front of it. Oh, I got to be in front of it. Okay, yeah. Like this. So okay. whatever you feel comfortable, just know that. Yeah. You know, try to get comfortable. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. You can. Yeah. I have bad posture, so I got to lean back. <laughs> we all have bad posture here. <laughs> so cool. You brought some stuff. That's excellent. Yeah. And this was my latest webtoon. I don't know if you saw this on my table. No, no, no. I haven't seen. The, okay. Got a chance to see this one. So that's just something I worked on more recently. Oh, cool. And this is all you. This is all your. That's all me. Yeah. It's you know writing and, and, and drawing. It's more sketchy, but it's right. like it's kind of like a storyboard comic. So it's right. like. Oh wow! Thank you so much. This is, oh great! This is excellent. I'm gonna have something to read now. This is really cool. Really great. No, please have a seat. Yes, have a seat. So this is the new upshot uh, preview. You got? I see you have the old one. Yeah, yeah you gave uh, that one to me. From the uh, plate in IC. So now we have it divided into action and horror. Oh, cool. Okay. That's how we sell stuff to the the big uh, Hollywood studios. <laughs> what do you guys want? Action, horror. Yeah. Both. <laughs> Some people are like more horror. Action, horror, horror sci-fi. I've noticed that lately. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of horror comics horror, are coming into a play I, again. You know, horror is actually in demand because people tend not to do it. Which uh. is kind of interesting. Even in uh, young adult stuff, mm. horror. Adults, so if you guys are aspiring to do anything, I would say horror. Cool. Yeah, nightmare. just look at the world outside. It's an <laughs> easy escape. I'm sorry, Stan, it's taking a few seconds. Hey, no worries, man. No, no apologies, man. You know, I stopped apologizing to people a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> You've learned from Evil Ray over there, then. That's probably what it is. Yeah, apology for what? <laughs> are you ready for my intro there, Stan? Are you ready for my intro? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he loves this part. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Nerds Fork Presents, a hodgepodge cast where we have a bunch of not-so-random idiots talking about stuff. Stuff meaning comic books, movies, video games, whatever. We're here. Hello, I am one of your hosts here. This is Al. How's everybody doing today in the studio and out there in the interwebs? Oh, he finally mentioned the studio. It's always the interwebs, and he waits for us to respond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. Glad. I'm glad ready. everybody's happy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to my... I'm excited today. To my immediate right, we have... Evil Ray. Evil Ray. How you doing today, sir? I'm still alive. Back with the glasses I see here. You know yeah. this is an audio podcast. No one yeah, can see Yeah, I understand, the but the allergies are really bad, and I just, my eyes hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I can't deal with nature. I Keep can't. Keep them covered. Should I dim the lights for you a little nah, bit? Nah, I'm all right. You're good? I'll, I'll survive. survive. You're surviving. <laughs> good. I like that. Just survive a little bit longer, and then we get some food. To Evil Ray's immediate right... We have Nurse Work Illustrator himself. Pickle Vic. Pickle Vic is in the house. Good to have you back here, sir. How you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. Fighting a little, whole, a little bit of a cold. Cold still? Yeah, that's, well, that's what I've decided it is. It's not like allergies like him, so I figured, because I'm not, my eyes aren't bothering me, but I've got like, my head is stuffy and my throat's bothering me, so if, I think it's like a little cold, little cold. Other than that, you're fine then. Alcohol yeah. kills germs. Bro. Alcohol always kills the germs. You yes, sir. I'm <laughs> um, sorry, alcohol in the any? house? I think in the porch, if or you want to get some. some my tea if I know you had something here. <laughs> alcohol in the tea, I'll remember that one. I you know, like a little touch of rum and your green tea, it really actually helps i have beer not rum but no that's not gonna do it no sorry so today i'm excited we have a special guest in the studio which we, we rarely do but when we do get a chance to have a guest i am so glad and i get so excited when i have a guest to come over 
so I can absorb their energy. It's what I love to do. Oh, he's like he's talk to who's not us. Yes, <laughs> he's an energy vampire. I am an what my friends call me an energy vampire, and I think we were talking uh, in the car about that as well over here. I absorb people's Notice positivity. He's fine, but I have a cold and he has hay fever. He sucked <laughs> our energy. Yes. <laughs> we have today illustrator. I I just found out a writer as well. Created some of his own uh, comics here. Am I you're wrong? right. You're right. Yeah. Yes, and I met him at Comic-Con last year, and he's gracious enough to be here in the studio today. Oh, I am so excited that I actually got an illustrator in the house. I mean, in the oh, studio, not the house. <laughs> <laughs> A working illustrator, I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess you can retire now. <laughs> guess you don't need me anymore. <laughs> One day will be the legendary... Stan Cho, is that right? That's I, right. That's right. I said that right. Wait, yes. wait, wait, what do you mean one day? Isn't he legendary now? To me, in my heart, the legendary Stan Cho. <laughs> Everybody, give him a big clap. Yes. All right. Did I give you a good intro, sir? That was awesome. That was great. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yes. Now, I. What we normally do here in the studio. By the way, do you like the studio? Did I give you a quick hey, tour I, of the studio? I love all studios. There's a ton of geeky, nerdy stuff around, and um, I wish I had a basement. So yes, and in, in short, yes, I do really like your studio. Yes, there's transformers around. So come on, like yes, <laughs> yes, and that's one of the things I got to talk to you about. Arcade machines. Like, yes, sir. That Wait. was that was all I dreamed about. You're just about was feeding his ego. Stop, please. <laughs> no, keep his on. His head is going to be on. as this big is, as Darth Vader's. This is how I survive in the corporate world. <laughs> <laughs> what's that? What's the rule of acquisition? Never hurts a suck up to the boss <laughs> <laughs> just i'm just absorbing it's great but yeah one of the things i wanted to mention here is i don't know if you can but we normally take a drink do you drink at all um i used to drink here and there but uh i stopped oh yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. so you're gonna have to change your policy i would have to change my policy <laughs> usually when the guest comes we usually do like a shot of beer but you know, doesn't matter. No, not he, you guys drink to your you heart's should, content. You should I, change I will the not. policy. Maybe we should start giving people gift bags. <laughs> gift bags. You know what? We should gift do bags. gift bags. You can start I, I putting two have... one transformers in the gift bags and just giving them away. Oh, it, maybe I'll think about that one <laughs> a little Pick bit. Pick anything you like off the shelf. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. I'm gonna take that over there. No, no, you're not touching Fortress you Maximus. Mitten box. He said. It's... No, 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 don't touch. No touchies. It's fine. That's that's not an original <laughs> one from the. 80s that's a reissue yeah. right? that's that's definitely a reissue. Reissue. <laughs> a reissue yes but the fortress maximus is uh G, i guess would still be considered g1 generation figure it looks i don't know i think it's a new one though is it i don't think that's the g1 oh one. no you're absolutely right yeah, because yeah. the other one it was not it didn't it have like that titan's many titan's return yeah no something, something i think up. you're right the I think man knows his toys <laughs> yep no no he's right he's right it's a it's a reissue also, because I think the original Fortress Maximus did not have that many, am I saying this right, articulations, joints? Oh, right, yeah. Oh, this guy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. the big Articulation one. Articulation and kibble. My friends, uh, my so-called friends over there, like to um, put, like a Fortress Maximus to flip the bird every once in a while. That was oh, one time. Yeah. <laughs> that was one Because his, his, his fingers are, you know. Are, I, articulated, no, yeah. yeah. No, it's just he got in trouble once because I had him posed like that, and his son, his five-year-old son, Imitated. <laughs> came in and saw it and oh. imitated it. <laughs> and his wife, he got uh, got upset. Oh, <laughs> it yeah. was hilarious, yeah. though. I wish I had seen it. <laughs> yeah. Needless to say, uh, he's not flipping anyone's bird anymore. So <laughs> his arms are pretty much down over there. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's fine. No problem. No drinking. No big deal. You guys drink to your heart's content. I will not. 
stop Thank people you. from drinking. No, unless it's that rum in my tea, I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> but what we do is, since we have a guest in here, we also like to ask questions on this piece of paper right here. We don't really like to, he makes us, but okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I have questions. You will hopefully provide some answers there, Stan. Absolutely, yeah. Those yeah, are so, you're 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 holding upside-down stereo instructions. It's what for, the hell? It's for special effect. Ah. I, I, my questions are on my phone and the computer <laughs> here. I believe you have questions. You don't have to rustle papers. <laughs> it's dramatic effect. Stan gets it. He knows. <laughs> <laughs> it's audio again, so they, you know, we need some type of sound effects. Here, Stan. Yep. I met you a year ago in Comic Con. I think who who was I with at the time? I was with you guys, but you were not there when I met Stan, though. We were. Weren't you in that little room? The exhibitors' room, I think yeah. it was. Yeah. I mean, I I, I was yeah. there at the. I was the there. Event. Oh, you were there. I yeah, I was there. I wasn't there when you met Stan. No. Oh, okay. So it was not. You. I just needed somewhere to like sit I, down. I was like tired I came from all the shopping. I came up to you. You were there in the room, and you said, "Oh, I just met this dude," <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Like you said, oh, you should have met him. I didn't. So I, I, didn't I met know. a few people. <laughs> uh, I met a few people on the table that we were sitting in. Um, yeah, not yeah. only yourself, but you met uh, the guy from uh, what's his name? I Comic met Book a, Man. That guy. Oh yeah, One of the guys from Comic Book Man. Uh, Chen. What was his name? Ming Chen. Ming Chen. Yeah, yeah, he was there. Uh, mm. I got a, I got a chance to take a picture with him too. Uh, I met another writer there. I forgot his name. I follow uh, him now. Matt too. Kelly. Matt Kelly. Yeah, yeah, he's he's who I worked with on on a new book that we may have done by New York Comic Con this year. Really? Yeah. Oh, can we get one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, when it's out, if it comes out, it's been, it's been many, so many. So we'll have to release this podcast ahead of time, so there'll be that anticipation, and the people will be running yeah. to Comic Con for this. And that'll be that'll be ten dollars, huh? <laughs> <laughs> It will definitely be released before Comic Con. Uh, Comic Con this year is in October. We're this is recording as of the Sunday, end of August. Late of August. August. So late August. It'll definitely be out way before then. So I got to meet Stan there. Great guy. We got to talking. Uh, he showed me some of his work, and he was generous enough to give me one of his comics and sign oh, it for me. Oh, that was when. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he forgot. Yeah, completely. that was no, no. I, that I, was the nerdy fanboy. That no, was no, him. I remember that? It's just I, you know. I didn't remember exactly when, like if he had come to my table or if, you know, I didn't know the exact moment oh, that this okay. passed hands, that's all. Trying not to make me feel bad over there, okay, Stan. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he was a great guy, really down to her. Even Matt and uh, a couple of guys from a different podcast, the Writer's Experience guys. Yeah, there, yeah. Who are big, big time now. <laughs> in are my they? In my eyes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're what, professionals? <laughs> Uh, they were, I don't know, did they have a panel and uh, something there? I forgot how I met them, but uh, I, I met them because one of them was sitting next to me. God, man, I, I, I feel bad that I don't remember. I have his yeah. card. Um, but uh, I think they were doing a panel. They sat next to me. I saw their shirts, and I was, you know, we were also new in the po- They were new in the podcasting, mm-hmm. streaming um, platform. So are we. And uh, I got to talking with them, and then you sat down, and you started to talk to us, and then Matt sat down, and we all started to talk about whatever whatever came to our minds, you know, hobby, nerdy stuff. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. all a bunch of cool guys, especially you, Stan, cool, who yeah. actually gave me a comic and signed it, which puts you right up there. More yeah, yeah. Points. I mean, I, you know, hey, man, the, you know, the podcast world is, it's all, it's all equals, you know. 
you guys you guys are all equals so you know that's that's how i look at it yes thank you so you've done you, you told me about a few things that you do so why don't we start off with that yes you want to go into what you do what are you passionate about because one of the things that we like or i like is bringing people here who are passionate about stuff and i did mention that to you on the on the drive here what are you passionate about so i can absorb it because i don't know i don't have a talent like <laughs> you do i'm not talented whatsoever i love to be around people who are talented to motivate me to do stuff listen to what you do so what is it that you do i guess you know i'm a doodler i just doodle i draw and you know i never believed it could be a profession so i just did normal jobs you know pretty much my whole life and and until i I reached a point where i said to myself i don't really want to do anything anymore (laughs) (laughs) oh i've been to that stage several times but i have doodlers often feel that way (laughs) (laughs) but i have this thing that i do which is doodling and so i wonder if i could doodle for a living so kind of i went i just i quit my job cold turkey and i just said i'm gonna be a comic artist and that was back in 2012 that has got to be scary as hell i well i had money saved up so i wasn't scared about the money i was actually overconfident at the time i, I gave myself a year to get into marvel and i was really i was i was a bit, i was a little bit crazy yeah I was you ain't bit, high <laughs> I, of course, I didn't get into Marvel, but after a year of really, you know, grinding sort of this comic artist dream, I felt like I was moving somewhere. And of course, I supplemented my income with, you know, non-comic art jobs on the side. Like, um, I made some connections illustrating for a couple of companies around the U.S. So, you know, I made things work. I, my wife, you know, helped out a lot. She, she took up a job. And then I, I pretty much cooked every day. I just, you know, took up cooking and, and helping the kids with their homework um, and things like that. So, yeah, so it took a while. You know, I could keep going, but uh, <laughs> but what do I do? I'm, I'm, I'm a comic artist slash art director slash fan artist at this point in my life. Do, have you ever done like I might have missed it? You said you had a booth before. So you were an artist Adley? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, so part part of my early like overconfident phase, I was like, all right, I'm going to splurge for a New York Comic Con uh, Artist Alley booth. This was back in I think 2012, actually, so right <laughs> right around the beginning, which was dumb. So I had I rushed and I made a comic which I wrote and drew and uh, you know expected to sell out you know at, at in Artist Alley. Um, ending up my expenses were about a thousand dollars, including printing on the table, and I think I came away with about. Let me see if I do the math. Like a hundred and something dollars. So, <laughs> so that's uh, yeah, that that's how that ended. Um, so after that, I kind of lost confidence in tabling, and I didn't table again until about 2015, which was Big, Big Apple Con, I think. And then after that, I pretty much only do cons where I get tables for free, <laughs> which is uh, <laughs> smart, man. <laughs> which you know, obviously, New York Comic Con is not going to offer me a free table. Most yeah. Comic Cons don't offer me free tables, but mm. um, I've I've been doing some cons at high school and things like that so it you know it it's it's really relaxing uh, in that i don't have to make a certain amount of money and it's really cool to be talking to really young kids you know try to motivate them and and you know see if i can help them along in their artist journey or writing writing journey or you know dreams of working in entertainment and so yeah you know I, you know for me it's you know as they say it's never been about the money yeah <laughs> it's just about the passion you know and i think i i find um a nice balance by um you know carving out a little bit of time to do a free show here or there so you said you started in what's it 2012 you had your own table and you had your own were you just selling just art or you actually had you had your own comic book Co- i made a comic book what was it called uh, it was called mr coleus and Mr. nobody Coleus? i made i printed like 
oh god like 100 150 200 and um it it, it was fairly awful <laughs> what was the premise oh um okay okay I'm, i i i gotta dig out i gotta dig into my memory solid, my, my, solid ele- my elevator pitch <laughs> oh man it's been like eight years since i had to pitch this book i mean right um, now everybody's making a comic book type show or movie who yeah, knows maybe yeah. so you can get something picked up yeah yeah well it, it and was they're looking for original stuff <laughs> it was it was a tongue-in-cheek it was a tongue-in-cheek sort of silly slapstick story about a magician a retired magician who's brought back into the fold to save the world and 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 and, and there's i believe there were three or four factions going at it one was this sort of like this race of of black goo creatures um which which as as you guys probably know in um in uh, entertainment there's no there's no end to sort of like these incarnations of black goo creatures from you know whether it be studio ghibli or uh, x files or or whatever and then i had another faction which was like this ninja faction and there were like these mysterious you know ninjas with this like really wacky leader and then you have like this sort of group of magicians and they were all going to go at it and i had uh i had at least i want to say eight issues like plotted out but i only ever made one because it's just, it was just, <laughs> well, it was just so heartbreaking to like go to a show and like only sell like 20, which wasn't bad. You know, I was actually kind of happy that 20 people actually, yeah. you know, bought something from the silly guy who just, you know, who believed that his story was kind of awesome. See, it's interesting to talk to him from the artist standpoint, because usually when I go to Artist Alley, I'll go and I'll just see, but something has to catch my eye. And I get that they're there, they're trying to promote their stuff, and some people are like, hey, check a look at this, you think you might like it? And I kind of feel bad when I walk away and I look at it, and I'm like, no. <laughs> right, right. I kind of feel bad, because now I realize, wow, they're putting their hearts and soul Yeah, they're really there. putting themselves they're out here. to make some money, or just, you know, taking a chance, and I'm just like, nah, and just walk away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That might have been me one day. I was trying to sell, and I was like, yeah, nah. No, it's so hard, and it's, but that's the thing, is that when you as an artist or as an artist writer when you've drawn your issue and you printed it and you're ready to go to the show you you sunk five hundred dollars into a table uh, more often than not you're overconfident and inexperienced so you think you're gonna be able to at least break even and yeah it's you know it, it's not anyone's fault you know breaking you know their heart it's just it's just you know wake up it's just a wake up call but at least you, know? you never quit you just kept on it yeah yeah the, that's the thing is like if you get a taste of of something whatever it is that scratches that itch it's like you're hooked you know and that's why the comic industry continues to sort of you know take advantage of artists and writers left and right because uh, let's face it i mean you know marvel artists aren't paid enough you know dc artists aren't paid enough and then you go to any other company and probably paid even less you know but why do comic artists slave away 12 hours a day you know with no vacation for the love of it you know it's crazy it's crazy what it does to your brain as an artist you'll break your body before you break your mind in some cases you know right yeah and the pieces people put out there i mean especially for art it's like the visually something sometimes they look so beautiful and it's like i did that kind of thing but there's so much variety out Mm. there too yeah yeah, there is. But to, to see a sense of accomplishment that you did and it looks wonderful and you want to put it out there. I mean, yeah, there's still I would love a that. sense of pride to say I created yeah. something. Exactly. Yeah. This, this is, came this, from me. This came know, from my even mind. If nobody wants yeah. to buy it. I still made that. Yeah. That's really yeah. Cool. <laughs> that's where the drug you feel is. Good that's about the that. drug. I, to me, at least that's what the drug is. Right. Mm-hmm. That sense of accomplishment, the pride that you. Yeah. We know when you're 
when you're like injecting the drug, like you you kind of don't know right. what it is. You know what no, I, mean? I get you. I follow. I'm here. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> the red pill or the blue pill? <laughs> yeah. So you know, being being an artist, it's hard to it's hard to tell what keeps me going. But you know, um, it's definitely it's there's something there. I'm, I'm injecting something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say anything because I don't want to testify in court. Pain in the ass. And your your uh, art specifically, like the transformer art that I I follow you on Instagram, and your see that's you. what caught Thank him. <laughs> <laughs> the transformer art, I love your style. It's very unique. Thank um, you. The textures behind it, it looks awesome. Like thank you. I've never seen the uh, transformers uh, display uh, that way. Them? Yeah, because. Uh, no, no, oh, these I brought are, some. Yeah. Oh, you I'm brought some. At, I'm looking at your, your Instagram. If anybody's interested, it's Artist Stan on Artist Instagram, Stan. if anybody wants to look at it. Yeah, it's, follow Artist Stan. I mean, it seems to be great. exclusively uh, oh, your, your Transformers. So I'm guessing Transformers is your fandom. That's your, like, because this is, like, it's almost exclusively your Instagram is all yeah. Transformers stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would, yeah, yeah, it is. I am happy sure, yeah. to buy anything that you have in there if they are up for grabs there, Stan. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, it's. You know, I, I just appreciate you guys, you know, bringing me onto your show. So, you know, definitely I, I'd love to give you guys complimentary prints. That stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. really? For sure. For sure. Oh, Thank absolutely. you. Oh, you know, you don't have right. to do any of that. Right. No, no. It's, <laughs> a, he's, he's, it's a gift, Ray. Shut up. It's no, a gift. Like you said, you just want to he- absorb. You know, on the not yeah. getting the free Question. 99 special <laughs> Ray. Shut up. Not free print vampire. It's an vampire. Um, his, his knowledge. Yeah, he just told you how he's been us. losing money. Come on, let's help the man out. We'll pay for these things. I'll Stan, I got you here, buddy. I got you, Stan. I, I would usually be laughing a lot harder, but I kind of hurt my rib, like uh, like last. We week, have that so. effect on people. This one's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah. So. I, I don't see what you're looking at over there. What you guys looking at? So Stan brought some of his prints yes. here. So that's a piece that I did. Um, <laughs> way back i love that dude that's this, awesome if anyone know um, yeah people who followed megatron since his uh generation one toy days they all know that basically the trigger of the gun transforms into his crotch into, <laughs> well yeah in his crotch area and the trigger looks like a certain appendage so, i never noticed that holy crap <laughs> really i have the figure and so I in know. the picture you know megatron has a newfangled gun and he's asking starscream to help pull quote unquote pull his trigger <laughs> and there's more than just uh and starscream kind of giving a little cringe there like oh, get some Batman, that, get so some that picture actually it's kind of meme worthy on on the internet. It's like some people yeah, will it. see that picture and be like, "You're the guy who drew that picture," and I'll be like, "Yeah, you know, kind of." That's kind awesome. Of, that's kind of me. Yeah, Stan, you're fitting right in. That's yeah. awesome picture right there, man. <laughs> uh, no, but they those are also art prints from another guy I met at Artist Alley, which I would also love to have him too. I love his art and his Optimus and Megatron there. Oh, cool. I don't know by the design. I don't know. Oh, the, that's a uh, what's his name, John Chiang. John Chang. No, no, no. That's wait, no. I'm, I'm wrong. The optimist is that's not him, right? No, no. This is him. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that's okay. him. I have all his uh, majority of his prints. So do you? Uh, yes, yes, I do. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. And he's cool. a he's a concept artist. I think he's worked for Marvel on the movies and a bunch of other oh cool film and TV stuff. Yeah. But we go to him pretty much every year. He's like every year we, we see him, and oh, we're gonna go sweet. see you every year when you have your booth up too. When I have my free table, <laughs> <laughs> you know, high school, right? Yeah. And cool. uh, you no, know, we'll give you a table. You want this one? <laughs> <laughs> I put a little felt on it. If you didn't notice, you know, it's make it like a game table it's kind of coming off now because people like to pull on it but (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I just pulled on it. Sorry. <laughs> it's quite all right. <laughs> no, the prints are, are, are nice. I, I love your work. What? Um, you. So you're about, we're about roughly the same age here. Yeah, mm-hmm. We're not going to say the age. So <laughs> so so you grew up in the 80s as I, as I did. And yeah. I think that was an awesome, awesome time. Dude, dude everyone is up. jealous of us. Yeah. We grew up in oh, the 80s. Oh, it was a great time creatively <laughs> to be alive. To be, oh, especially for cartoons, Saturday morning well, cartoons. Consuming. As a consumer, yeah. it was they a great time. They don't make cartoons yeah, like that. There was so consumer. much. There was Transformers, G.I. Joe, He-Man, Ghostbusters, Visionaries. Visionaries. Oh my God, I forgot about Visionaries. I remember Robotics, Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles a little after my time, sorry. That was a little later. Yeah, 89, 88-89. It was towards the end of decade when Turtles came. I thought it was like mid-80s that the comic first came up and then the hardcore stuff Well, actually, so... So I don't mean to offend anyone. It's just that I I no, left. Go ahead. <laughs> I left the U.S. At, in '88, um, so I kind of missed that back end, and that's why I couldn't get into. Um, I I didn't I didn't missed the TMNT fad, hmm. and then now when people talk about it, I'm like, oh, that's too late. That's too late. That's <laughs> that's past my time. You know? no, they keep, but they actually, keep I checked it. out. <laughs> I checked out in '88, so, oh, so I, I wouldn't check back in just now because what we're <laughs> doing on Nickelodeon right now is kind of weird. <laughs> but there's still plenty of material if you want to jump oh, that's in. That's right, it was Nickelodeon. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah Nickelode- I did. I did watch enough Nickelodeon to get the the green slime thing where they splash that junk on on people's people. People, that was the that was the big thing for Nickelodeon. Was, just oh, oh, double dare. Yeah. Oh, that was all that's all it. Nickelodeon stuff back in the '80s. Yeah, back in the '80s. 80s. Yeah, no, they I'm just saying, dumped, they just found any excuse to dump slime on you. Yeah, that's, that's how the Ninja Turtles got started. Yeah, but <laughs> what, what was, what was yeah. in that green stuff though? Like, has anyone oh, talked I about? Ha- I, I, I don't, don't know. know some sort of food-based product. Oh, yeah, coloring and you sure something. that could be why there's so many maybe, like, people uh, have all these food allergies and oatmeal. I remember, I remember sometimes. Now. I remember watching an episode of Double Dare and they kind of explained what's in there. I think they was did. Wasn't that yeah. the Ghostbusters juice or something like that? Oh no, it's like some sort of food-based stuff, either like oatmeal or something. I don't know. Something food-based. You don't want to go swimming in it, though. <laughs> yeah. So, Stan, to your point, you were saying it's a good time to consume in the 80s. You mentioned, I mean, we all mentioned here, different cartoons, toy lines that came out in the 80s. What drew you to Transformers um, among this plethora of consumable yeah. action figures, cartoons? What was it about Transformers? Yeah, well, well, to, to backtrack a little bit, we were huge G.I. Joe fans. And, uh, you know, our budget, our meager budget at the time, we would spend it all on G.I. Joe's. <laughs> and <laughs> He's then, though, when Transformers came out, it just brought that extra dimension of just, you know, fiddling and, and, and shit. Oh, sorry. You, no, can curse no, you can curse. Yeah, you can curse, curse yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like, you know, the kids have, like, the little... The little fiddle what do you call them the, the fiddle um, sticks the little fidget, the fidget spinners <laughs> the fidget spinners yeah fidgeting fidgeting so it yeah. was like it was like the 80s version of fidgeting it yeah, was like trans- to yeah you could transform it back and forth mm. it was just the right level of difficulty and um the visuals were really cool and the cartoon was awesome to boot and i don't know it might it might have something to do with sort of my country my you know taiwan being my country and the connect the little connection that we have with japan you know just the fact that the toys were made in japan like that was a big thing for me too you know i like how the toys were a little bit different than the cartoon and how there were the different factions you would collect one or the other faction and the personalities associated with the transformer so like you wanted that transformer not only because he was a cool car uh, well the whole car thing was another thing because we all loved cars back then you know the lamborghinis all the sports cars we wanted to collect sports cars but we also wanted 
a bonus robot yeah, in that the could freaking destroy anything. <laughs> yeah, with laser cannons and to boot a human personality. And I think that that's what even to this day with the, with all well not all but with like for example the way Hollywood treats Transformers is like oh you couldn't do you can't do an Optimus Prime movie because where are the humans? It's like no, it's like Optimus Prime can have his own movie with no humans. Bumblebee can have his own movie with no humans. It's like they still don't understand that to this day that you know what they had you know in the Transformers cartoon back in the 80s it's like the humans tend to ruin it <laughs> oh god See, they, <laughs> and they did a, a Transformers movie that it was just the war on Cybertron where all it is is the Transformers and you don't have the humans in it that would kick ass if oh, they did yeah. it right Hell yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, that that and it's just like that, uh, you know, I, I have this joke cartoon that I want to draw. I'm gonna I'm gonna um, spoil it right now. But it's basically you draw exclusive <laughs> nerd spark exclusive. Go ahead. Stan. You draw a room of people, right? This is a normal room of people, just people chilling out, right? Mm-hmm. And then you draw a panel with Hasbro executives walking in, and then you just write on the bottom, IQ level dropped fifty points. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Okay, I take it you're not going to get any jobs at Hasbro? (laughs) Shots fired. (laughs) Shots fired. I'm just saying, you know, like... Yeah, if if the executives don't change at Hasbro, I don't want to work for them. Mm-hmm. You know, bring in some young blood like me. <laughs> and we're, still, we're just I'll, talking I'll about it. the movies, right? Because they're still kind of killing it toy wise right now. <laughs> they, like, they, they made GI Joe, so I can't. I, yeah, they. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I, you, you can't throw a blanket on anything. Yeah. You know, uh, um, I, I think yeah, they are doing good things in different pockets of the Transformers universe for sure. I, I don't want to sound like I hate everything, but it's just, um, you know, there's just well, little things the that... The Transformers movies have been bad. <laughs> I mean, Al, Al, Al loves the movies, even the horrible ones. I, I like the first Transformers movies, and they just got progressively worse since then. They're not that bad, right? They're okay. <laughs> yeah. I will say something well, about... I think I saw, I saw parts of Bumblebee, yeah. and the beginning of it was like... At least they look more like the G1 Transformers. Yeah, they, they really tried <laughs> to they touch look, upon yeah. the more G1. recognizable as Optimus yeah. and Megatron yeah. and all these people versus like this clusters of broken metal that they look like in <laughs> in all the other movies, just like spinning around and like, okay, you're supposed yeah. to turn into something? I mean, yeah, yeah. You all look the same. <laughs> so, Stan, I'm sorry, you were saying? Oh, uh, what was I saying? Uh, <laughs> IQ dropped yeah. 50 points. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hasbro execs, yeah. <laughs> but executives don't tend to represent the rank and file or even the people that work underneath them. I mean, they're just the ones who think they know everything and they direct these people to do like the artists and the creatives okay do this I said but it's not really I said do this you see but this is what's cool you as an artist if you don't like the movie or you don't like the comic book and you have your own idea in your head you could just come up with your own version just for yourself not like you're gonna sell anything or whatever but just for your own you know there are times that what's on YouTube how it should have ended there's been so many times I've seen a movie and I've been like that was great except for this part and yeah. if they had changed it and it would have been this way yeah i think it would have been better and those guys was like okay and they did their own youtube uh, spin on yeah yeah no, that's, that's more comical, that's... but there's a lot of stuff that now is the time to put yourself out there i mean you could put yourself out there and it's easy access a lot of it's free yeah, way easier than it was in the 80s yeah. yeah it wasn't like that in the 80s but mm-hmm. Nowadays, now, now everybody everybody yeah. can have a platform. Yeah, yeah. Remember no. when, when the internet started? It wasn't just porn. People were putting up fan fiction, <laughs> <laughs> which involved a lot of porn. No, <laughs> still, still, actually, now there's Transformers porn. <laughs> <laughs> now is, there's genre porn. Is there? <laughs> probably. <laughs> I'm gonna say probably. Somewhere. Someone made a Transformers porn. Well, well, I want to make. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, no, but, please. But I was, I was th- in terms of art. The you know one one direction I'd like to take it is like in particular the Bay movies is like I think you know just from an artist perspective that the artists are evangelists so to speak like art artists will draw your awesome stuff and propagate that out and and make sure people see that see it uh, whether it's at school on on, on just a very low level like a, a kid walking around with a sketchbook at school or on a very high level whether it's you know a million if you have a million followers on instagram but the problem with the bay movies is like if you create a pile of junk it's just so hard to draw right. you're yeah, it'll be free to replicate that. you're free evangelists out there all the artists who are inspired by the feeling that your movies create they can't go out and draw it you know you can watch it and you eat your popcorn and but you you go home you're like i don't want to draw that pile of junk i mean it might be a cool toy to play with you know but i think they're missing an important part of of the heart of what makes somebody like me who i am you know is that i could go home i I could well i was already at home i would watch (laughs) optimus prime at home Mm. and then i would take one step to the side to my drawing table and draw Optimus Prime. I could draw him because he was boxy. Yeah, it was so easy. You know? But now I'm looking at, like, for example, I'm looking at a picture of movie Megatron. <laughs> and look at all how complicated and jagged and all yeah, these little yeah. unnecessary... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or to- a tornado went through a junkyard. Yeah, yeah. And, and there you and go. You don't yeah, get yeah, the yeah. logic. How is he supposed to turn into a plane from this or to a yeah, gun or whatever yeah. he's supposed to and be? And I'm not yeah. knocking the design per se, but I'm just saying, like, on a very grassroots level, like, you you kind of miss the point. Like, he, he got it, yes, in terms of, okay, how would an alien look? Um, okay, how do I sell toys? Because the toys, I think they sold probably, like, crazy amounts. I'm sure they did. But, you know, just don't forget that there's a really important thing like baked into when you make designs you know can you get an artist a low-level artist and a high-level artist excited to draw it and be an evangelist for you and i i think you know that's something to think about you know not everybody should think about it but hey you know as those that do yeah those that do might you know reap some benefits from it right um not to sidetrack but what i also liked about the toys were back in the 80s die cast oh yeah yeah it's a lost art you could kill somebody with those things (laughs) oh yeah you could throw a jazz figure and hurt them (laughs) (laughs) yeah no we remembered the parts that were die cast i mean you know it was just it die cast was it was a um what do you call it it was a uh a bragging point you know like like in terms of just how heavy it felt mm-hmm. or just even just a stylistic point just just knowing that optimus prime's like the top part of his chest was die cast mm-hmm. you know his feet were die cast you knew that it, it, if you kicked if you're optimus and you kick somebody with a die cast foot you know that was that meant something you know on the battle starting, on the toy battlefield you know? it's coming back a little bit die cast in more yeah, yeah. not like in like general toy production but definitely in higher quality collectibles yeah yeah it's starting yeah. To because back. like you know like durability um, lasts longer yeah, yeah. Well, also like pe- just, people just, who don't you feel it more. <laughs> people don't who don't who haven't grown up like us that we're willing to shout out like hundreds of dollars for <laughs> masterpiece transformers. Yeah, yeah. Masterpiece. They're like, yeah. If oh you you shout out a hundred plus bucks, we'll we'll throw a little bit of diecast on there to appease you. <laughs> so you mentioned also that uh, you left the states for a while. Yeah, yeah. You went to. Did you say Taiwan? I went to Taiwan, yeah. Yeah, I went to an American school in Taiwan. Got connected with my roots. My roots. (laughs) (laughs) My roots. I don't say it that way. How long were you there? I was there for six years uh, until I graduated high school. But it was great because what happened was, though I was kind of removed from American pop culture, I I got immersed in Japanese.
Japanese pop culture. Really? And that was probably a really good thing for me because, well, uh, who knows what, what's good or bad for me, but it is definitely, it's definitely stuck with me. All the stuff that I absorbed, you know, from seventh grade to 12th grade, I still continue to love to this day, whether it whether it's, you know, Akira or uh, Saint Seiya or, you know, uh, what else is there? God, it's embarrassing. That, uh, you know, we can all, edit this. All, you know, fist of, the, fist of the North Star. Oh, that's oh awesome. Oh, my God. You know, um, that was awesome. Oh, man, there's so many things. Fist of the North Star. Wait, wait you guys got to name some. Ninja Scroll. Ninja oh, Scroll. no, well. Ninja Scroll. Ninja Scroll, Ninja Scroll was awesome, but I actually didn't watch that until I came back to the U.S., okay. I think. So, Ghost um, in the Shell. Yeah, Ghost in the Shell, I, I, I kind of picked up from America as well. Okay. So, But what was I... What was I I guess I was reading a lot of manga. I would just pick up stuff and read the manga and just... Yeah, there was a bunch of stuff. Uh, Angel Cop, that, that's a, that's kind of an obscure one. But, you know, I just bought what was... I, I rented what was at the video store and I bought what I could at the video stores. And I would just go home and watch it. And I'd be like, this this animation is amazing. And anytime I would watch American animation, I'd be like, what is this trash? Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, um, and then I just became this guy that would, that, would be, that would rip on animation because I'd be like, I've already seen the best animation animation that the world has to offer why am i why would i even touch like any other animation you know i i, I became sort of like snooty <laughs> yeah i was a snooty anime guy i was a snooty anime guy for sure you know because that he the was anime that was guy. oh you're watching the anime that. was like it was deep it was adult themed you know there were some that were like emotionally charged they could make yeah. you cry and shit yeah and it was just like oh man this stuff is like I can't go. I can't do anything else, you know. And, and see, that was just, like us. We were in. We were here in the states, and we had our regular animation. And that's where we discovered anime was when we got to high school, because we all had that friend. Yo, have you seen this? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Oh, what is you, this? This is called Fist of the North Star. This is called Legend of the Overfiend. This is called. Oh, yeah. Please don't yeah, start yeah. with Legend of the Overfiend. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you're talking about the X-rated uh, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mentioned yeah. one. There was <laughs> no, but it's the same one for what twenty years you've been going on. About. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's other his brain. Yeah, there's yeah. other anime. I've never watched dude. it to this day, and I'm not don't tend to. Yeah, I know, probably not. I would not have watched it, but I had that friend. Yeah, we, <laughs> all, we all had that friend in high school. Who had the X-rated Yo, dude, have Japanese you seen anime? <laughs> and they you know, start you. They start you with like the the, the the you know the simple things first. Here's Ninja Scroll. Did you like that? Okay, now we're gonna move you on to other. You're right. Things. You're right. <laughs> it's like the gateway. And then he probably yeah, also the had, gateway anime. He also had probably had the the blue light bulb. You know, he would switch out, you know, <laughs> for certain, certain, certain times, you know what I mean? Sin City. When he had certain people over. <laughs> exactly. Sin City, which one was Sin City? Wasn't it called Sin City? It was also, I think you that showed me that one, Evil Ray. No, that's Frank There was Miller. a movie yeah. called Sin City. Uh, right. I think there was an Oh, it was Demon yeah. Shinjuku. Uh, Some no, other. Like probably. Demon City. Demon City. Demon, Demon City probably Demon was. City. Yeah. Demon City, yeah. That was the same studio as Ninja Scroll. Oh, yeah. That makes sense, because it looked similar. It looked similar, yeah, yeah. Ninja Scroll, and I, I actually went through. So I'm still, I'm still totally geeked out by the stuff. But like, I missed some of the animation movie, the anime movies that Ninja Scroll director made. He made a couple of obscure ones, and I hunted them down and found them and watched them. And you know, they're 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 not 
like ultra top notch, but you watch it just for that director's like character design is is aesthetic, so to speak. You know,、mm-hmm. his cinematic design, the characters he likes to bring into his stories. You know, I'll share with you guys yeah, you know,、sure. any of those. If you guys are fans of Ninja Scroll, you'll love these. Oh,、They're、I love like, Ninja Scroll. That's like my favorite like, all time. Oh man, yeah,、Ninja、yeah.、Scroll. No Ninja Scroll. Then I have Ghost in the Shell. I was more into. Star. I'm more into like stuff like Cowboy Bebop. Oh yeah, cow- yeah. That's one. Trigon I, I, and I, some of the Gundam stuff. Got it, got it. I watched Trigon. Trigon was good.、Yeah. Um, I'm I'm ashamed to say I haven't watched Cowboy Bebop、get、in its、out. entirety. Don't feel bad. <laughs> He's been trying to get me to watch. I no, just I, I have to、yet. watch it.、Um, but I figure at this point too, it's kind of like、um, it's kind of like what's that show? Come on, we could Google Machine.、Mm. To the Google Machine. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, it, tell us like, about it, like, and we'll find it. Well, okay. Well, let's put it this way: it's like Walking Dead, and where everybody's talking about it, and talking about it so much. Game of Thrones is the same way. But if you haven't watched it, and everyone's been telling you how good it is. There's、and、no way you can live it, up to it, the it, hype. It's a letdown. Yeah, there's、yeah. no way you can live up to the hype. So it's kind of like Bob- Cowboy Bebop has achieved that status in my brain, where everybody's <laughs> been telling me it's so good.、Yeah. No, I don't know if、good. it will. <laughs> no, I, I, I believe it. I believe it. But、it's, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit worried. Stop short of saying it's the greatest anime ever. But <laughs> you're not. It's very you're not. Good. But you're not helping. <laughs> you're only helping. But it's still very good. I know. I know. Hey, one of the people that I that I see, he has to watch it, but. They have to edit it so the title doesn't show up, so that he's just watching an anime. I wonder what this is. What is this?、Yeah. Oh my god! It was <laughs> that was、Cowboy、was that、Man. all along? <laughs> no, that was that was my anime friend. That was one of the ways he he、um, he will not trick me, but he would just kind of bring me into that dark room. That dark anime room and just kind of like show me stuff. I remember like one time I was it was I was in college and I was down and I was like, man, what am I gonna do? I hate my major, you know, my grades are, are really low, you know. I was like, man, what do I do in my life? And he showed me Street Fighter Two, the、oh, animated was, one. I forgot about that、yeah. one too. That was, that was a good one too. Yeah, surround sound、yeah. and everything. His 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 sound his TV room was way、amazing. better than a live action movie. <laughs> oh god, yeah. <laughs> oh, god. And that movie alone, like. Changed my life because after I watched it, I was like, "Oh man!" Because I I had come back from Taiwan and I had gone cold turkey on anime for two years. You know, because I was like, "Oh, back in America, you know, whatever, right? I'm just gonna go to school." And then I'd forgotten about Japan. I'd forgotten about my dream to go to Japan, and I'd forgotten about anime. But when he showed that to me, I was like, "Oh man, I have this whole like thing to do with my life, which is get better at Japanese, go to Japan, and figure out what what I'm gonna do there." You know, because that that whole idea started when I was in Taiwan. You know, so now I can I can go into my whole Japan story.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. There you go. go Good transition. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, so I took. A couple of years of Japanese in in college, and I got pretty good at it. But I wasn't good enough, so I I found conversation partners to practice to brush up on my speaking. And then immediately out of college, I applied to go to Japan on a teaching program. So I was teaching in a high school, and then、uh, I was living the dream, my, my dream at the time, which was just you know living in Japan. You know, making a wage and just you know hanging out. You know, meeting people. What were you teaching? And,、uh, I was teaching English. I、oh, had no、okay. experience, no teaching certificate. You don't need anything. You just need a college degree, a four-year college degree. And I needed to pass an interview, so it was great. You know,、um, they flew flew at the time. They flew us over first class. <laughs> wow. We were like we were like ga- like like high class guests for them. You know, American like native English speakers. That's all. That was the only qualification. Native. Do they, do they, will they still do that? <laughs> 
They still do it. They don't fly you over first class anymore. <laughs> and, yeah. and they used to have an age limit of 35. They used to have an age limit. I look yeah. very young. I don't, don't let the English. horns and everything <laughs> fool you. I'm very young. But I could kind of turn on my, my clean English. I'll uh, teach you all the swear words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. Administrator coming by. Because, you know, I went, I went to university in Texas. So, you know, I had the Midwest. Twang? The, well, not the twang. No, it's it's the... it's. Don't you know? <laughs> it's the, um, the the English they speak on the news is is the Midwest, and Texas isn't the South technically. It's it's the yeah. Midwest. Really? Uh-huh. Okay. So that you actually they actually speak slow and clearer in Texas, and um, you know the South is actually more over to the to the east a bit. So yeah, so I, I picked up a good amount of Midwest English enough so that I could teach <laughs> good English. <laughs> to Japanese people. Um, wow. I, I, people, I, people can't even teach good English here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I if I had stayed in New Jersey or, or, or New York or wherever, that's not English. <laughs> <laughs> that's something all on its own on the East Coast. There, exactly. So you're living the dream in in Japan at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. And I had no dreams of art. My 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 art dream was the farthest thing from my mind. I just wanted to live happily. I, you know, I was on my way. You know, I was. I was going to live, I was going to die in Japan, you know, just live out the rest of my life in Japan. You know? But you had the, the talent of drawing when you wanted to around that time period. Like, or were you doodling? Or were you, you just doodling at that time? No, I wasn't drawing. really, I, I, I took a long time. I mean, I would, I would draw here and there. But um, I was I was on Deviant Art at the time. I would do a little bit here and there. And I so. remember Deviant Art. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of. I had a page stuff. there for yeah. a little while. Yeah, I, I still yeah. do, but I haven't posted there in a while. Exactly. That's. I that's, remember mm-hmm. that going to that site just looking for cool pics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, Deviant Art. So I just recently posted my latest Instagram, uh, Optimus Prime on Deviant Art, and not expecting it to do anything, but it kind of went viral. <laughs> and, oh, uh, the one has, with the, the clouds. Yeah, the yeah. I love yeah. that picture, man. That's Thank you. Thank you. It, it, it's kind of viral on DeviantArt right now. I'm just kind of happy about that. But yeah, I wasn't doodling because that that's the thing. Is it's like when you're happy, you have a new girlfriend, and you just don't need to go into your shell and draw, you know? Mm. It it's some it's some it has something to do with that introverted loneliness. You want to go into your cave right. and just draw for hours and hours. That's the only way you get good. And so I didn't need that. You know, I was I was completely satiated in terms of you know my happiness, and I didn't need art. But then like slowly, you know, you start to see the problems you know that I was having in Japan. They started to creep up, and then it was like okay, you know, I, I need somewhere to escape to. Yeah. You know, so it's back to the back to the art. You know, right. Victor, get back in your cave. <laughs> <laughs> I was we, there. You made me come here. <laughs> we need more pieces, Victor. Go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta gotta get in touch with your dark side, you know, to really tap into that talent. I mean, you know, that's what people say about music too, right? You gotta be like, you gotta be, you yeah. gotta be gritty. You gotta be like, you gotta be like, hurt. Drinking you gotta be alcohol. Cut. You, you gotta, gotta be hurt. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know about being cut. <laughs> I was there with you, Stan. I was. Uh, I went yeah, a little too yeah. far, but okay. Yeah, I don't think you need to like go too deep, but like I think you gotta find something there to like really motivate you to to go to that to go to that that lonely place and kind of draw alone for hours upon hours, you know. So, what was your like first piece? that you like I think I can do this for like a living this is something that I will aspire to do here it is maybe you have it framed somewhere it's my first ever piece first ever yeah. or, or sort of that that transition to, to wanting to become a pro 
wanting to become a pro. How about that? Oh, I don't know that there was one piece. It was more just being backed up against a wall in life, you know, mm-hmm. where I, like I said earlier, I didn't want to do any other jobs. There was no job you could ask me to do that I would do except for art at that point, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it's a, it's not a good place to be necessarily, but it'll make you a better artist really fast, I think. Because if you're if you're ba- if your back's up against the wall like that, you'll do anything, mm-hmm. you know. And I think I don't know what it would take for a lot of people to to get to feel that way. And I wouldn't force that on anybody. But if you do find yourself in that situation, you know, and and you've been wanting to get better, you'll get better. <laughs> you'll get better really. Like uh, you know, you'll really put in the time. That time that you. Th- you wanted to be putting into art you'll put it in because there's nothing else for you right there's no, like I, I don't know there was just nothing that i wanted to do you have to have money saved up you know yes. that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's important because yeah, you still have bills yeah. to pay and that's why like blindly saving money is good because you never know when you might need and he's like save it for a rainy day people are like yeah whatever but like you're not saving for a rainy day you're saving for your livelihood you're sa- you're saving for your life mm-hmm. like it's 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 kind of live or die in a way if you save for those live or die moments you'll you'll be you might be happy for it you know so what was was your time in in japan or taiwan when you were interested in the anime stuff did that help inspire you like what inspired you maybe you already answered that but was the inspiration was the anime inspired you or well, what artists or artists or oh yeah oh that that's so the artist the artist that inspired me to 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 really dive into comics which is like the hardest thing you can get into is um was osamu tezuka okay i don't i'm not familiar yeah he's a he's he's a legend in japan and he among other things created um adam boy and for me it was uh hinotori which is the which is basically translates to the phoenix Mm-hmm. and um a couple of other ones but he he's just he's an artist comic artist that makes you feel like you can do it there are comic artists out there that make you feel like you can't do it you know <laughs> because their art is so good you look at it you're like i'll never be that good mm. you know he, he those artists to me they're useful again they're they're in the in, and i'm not trying to put down any artists for being too ta- for being more talented than they should be <laughs> But I'm just saying, like, if you're that good, like, you're actually, you're making a lot of money for your company. Yes. You're maybe, you may be making a lot of money for yourself. But you're also making a lot of young kids feel like they can't do it. Mm. You're making them lose confidence. So, <laughs> my solution to that is... Be a screw-up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for these big companies, it is important to hire artists that are good storytellers that don't necessarily create that feeling mm. you know i don't know it's, it's a weird ask of big companies but it's just like it may be that may be why okay let's just say let's just say disney right like there there's a certain kind of disney style that's out there that when you look at it you're like oh i could do that mm. and then you go and you're like oh i'm, I'm not i'm not bad i'm not bad at this you mm. know and it, it just builds confidence right. you know um when i looked at osama tezuka stuff now granted he he's a, he's a legend he's a talent he, he, he he's 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 the most. He's one of the most. He's revered people in Japan. But yet, yet, when I saw his stuff, I was like, I can do this. And I think that's so important: is nurturing, you know, the future artists. And the future artists can be 50 years old, just awakening to their talent because they just saw or read something that made them feel, I can do this. Oh, good! I still got a, sli- a solid decade left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the An- I don't know if you guys know Anpan Man. He's also from Japan. He's this um, child's this this cartoon character who his head is basically edible 
and you know in in certain situations he'll actually offer his head um as some kind of like healing agent for you know one of his friends yeah like i'm looking it up i see the character his friend now. can <laughs> you know his friends can actually eat his head i'm sorry and then his head is edible it's, it's a piece of bread yeah <laughs> it's a piece of bread yeah, it's a big circle it's yeah, like yeah. a bun and, and all yeah. of his friends have heads that are made of bread okay and um when he's weak you know the the bakery person that that <sighs> i guess his his teletran won you know, his home base bakery will give him a new head and he regains all of his power. I got to say, nice Transformer reference there. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so that artist had his big break doing On Pond Man, like, I think at 70. So it's never too late. Mm -hmm. And he ended up, like, having a huge hit with a kid's property. Again, a property that, when you look at it, you're like, hey, I could draw. You know, a three-year-old could pick up a pencil and say, like, oh, I did On Pond Man. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's just something to think about for artists and teachers out there is just that, you know, yeah, the technical skill, being able to draw a really nice landscape or being able to draw the, the most freaking awesome Batman with all the Jim Lee hash mark. You know right. what I mean? It's just like, yes, but, <laughs> you know, like looking at Jim Lee is not going to make you a better artist necessarily. Not everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, remember, you don't want to be Jim Lee. You want to be you. you yeah. Want that thing yeah. of, OK, they well, did that. Guys like Jim Lee. Yeah. As, as an for like inspiration and maybe a jumping off point but in the end you're trying to do your thing yeah right yeah I, but i think a lot of people don't have that that insight you know like i think i think they're more like like you know and, and i know i felt this way even though i had some level of ability i would look at the mcfarlanes and i would look at the the jim lees and i'd be like oh man i'll never be able to do that but then i would look at rob liefeld i'd be like oh I could probably kind of, you know, <laughs> idiot can draw I like squeak. <laughs> he's, I, no, I, I, I use him as an example, but he wasn't on the level of McFarlane just, just make sure or Jim the upper Lee. Thigh is in the chest somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but he's talented. He and I will be one of the first per people to say he's very talented. He can draw really well, but he's not on the level of some of the greats out there, right? Mm. So, so that gives that I'm, I was the type of person that I would be like, I, I needed those people, those famous people, to make me feel better mm. because that made me feel like I could make it. Right. You know? I, I wasn't that number one. I can, I can be number one type of person yeah, you know. but it's also some, some of it is also subjective i don't know art i know what i like because <laughs> there are times when i'll see something oh my god that's amazing and i'll look at it and be like eh. yeah and then there's yeah. other times i will be like you got to see this artist look at how he drew this and i'm like eh. yeah right 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 <laughs> i don't know art i know what i like <laughs> yeah Yep. So everybody has a different perspective of, of what they like and what they don't like, and there's there's something to fit for everyone. That's yeah. true. That's I true. have a my uncle. He's a great drawer as well. Um, he's been doing it for years and everything. But he started off kind of like finding something simple when he was younger as well. It was like he loved watching the Flintstones and. Yeah. He'd try to yeah. draw, you know, the Flintstones. And when he got good at drawing the Flintstones, it was encouraged him to, let me try something a little harder. Let me look at uh, other magazines, other comics. And then it, yeah. it yeah. homed in on his skills. But it, yeah. you know, Hanna-Barbera art yeah. Yeah. is kind of what helped inspire him, is his gateway to, you know, become better totally. at what he did. Totally. Um, it makes sense. And that, actually, that, that, that reminds me of one thing that, um, just, to, just to get on the, the topic of Transformers again. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> we, we can never leave it. It's fine with me. So the great thing about transformers and why you as the listener should draw transformers <laughs> yes is um because of all the boxes all the boxes on the transformers not as long as you're you know you're not drawing like a very organic looking mm. optimus with rounded edges and everything mm. is that 
drawing all the boxes will help you get a head start on perspective, drawing perspective. Yeah, if you can learn to draw boxes, you can draw pretty much anything beyond Transformers because it all starts exactly. with basic shapes. Exactly. Boxes, circles, spheres, yeah. tubes. Yeah, and, yeah, and I want to attribute, you know, the, the fact that I never had problems with perspective is because I've, I've been drawing Transformers my whole life. And it was always about getting those boxes. I wasn't thinking about it as perspective, but it was just thinking more like when I draw Optimus Prime, his shoulders have to look a certain way. If I don't have the perspective built in, then he's not going to look right. right. So what I did was I never had to draw vanishing point because I, I had the perspective baked in because I always knew how to angle, you know, the little lines on his shoulders, the angles on his chest and then on his face. It was built into my head because if you, I'm just saying this now, if you draw Transformers a lot, you won't need to do Vanishing Points. <laughs> there you go. You hear that, kids? You hear that, kids? <laughs> anybody who listens to us? Anybody? Hello? Anybody out there? Yes. Draw Transformers all the time. <laughs> it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek. All right. <laughs> all right. So we've been talking about your past. What are you What are you doing now? What are you currently working on? What do you got lined up? Um. Yeah. So, so I have... Actually, I got a lucky break in 2015 when a person who, who's who been big in the comics industry, Bill Jemis, reached out to me and brought me on to work at his company. And uh, the company name was Double Take. And um, he brought me on as something, it, it's sort of an unorthodox position in comics. He brought me on as a storyboard artist. Okay. And um, yeah, I, I wasn't finishing art. I wasn't doing the thing that was, to me, most painful in comics, which is finishing stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was um, I was sketching a whole lot. So I don't and know much about storyboards. I'm sorry to cut you off. There, oh, okay. But. Yeah, no, no worries. No worries. So storyboards are usually used in movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where you know a director has a script, but he needs some kind of visual guide to help him envision some of the action scenes in the movie. Usually, you don't right, need yeah. them as much for dialogue. Okay. But some directors will want to storyboard the entire script, but most directors only want certain parts of their scripts so but they don't want to of course spend too much money or too much time so what they do is have somebody go through and draw quick sketches of some of the more difficult to envision scenes um, in the movie mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit of grayscale some ask for color as well it's also used a lot in the commercial and the television commercial industry advertising industry because um, also the same thing is that you know the, the they need help envisioning it and they need the, the director will need to have some type of cheat sheet yeah, so when they they're decide, on the okay, set okay here's the script yeah. but here's what the shot is supposed to look like based on the script you have yeah so you're doing that so I was doing that for scripts but for comics okay um and so i would plow through all of these different scripts um but because the way bill jemis likes to work is he works very organically like he doesn't know if the particular piece of the story that he's writing is going to work unless he sees it playing out in front of him he would ask me to do script sequences in storyboard style for things that weren't approved yet weren't approved to be published (laughs) so i went through you know thousands of storyboards with him and and what that did for me was it allowed me to really just get better at you know drawing environment drawing crowds of people drawing main characters and all kinds of poses like poses that i've never drawn before and it allowed me to kind of get a lot of experience without being bogged down by oh i gotta ink this whole page this whole page of a crowd of people like grand central you know mm-hmm. and that was always the thing in my head is like i geez, i don't want to 
ink that you know i don't want to draw that um I don't intern, <laughs> intern. <laughs> yeah so he through that year and a half of working for him at double take um i i my confidence in drawing and basically being able to draw anything i you know i i was able to get that confidence um and then after the, after that company closed due to you know lack of sales unfortunately i went back to freelancing but i i took a stronger interest in storyboarding and i took more storyboarding jobs so i was specifically hunting out storyboarding jobs and i actually got to work uh through craigslist craigslist actually i i met um a hollywood storyboard artist and i really? worked for him as an assistant oh. i was craziest thing so i was doing um assistant assisting him on storyboards on crazy things like barbie commercials um, iphone commercials capital one commercials you know mm. like mlb commercial and i got to work on a couple of movies one was an iced tea movie where he was fighting in a school what was that called Ice wait is that the one Ice that tea fighting is really obscure was it recent? Like yeah, it was recent. It substitute was... as a comedy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that oh, one. Uh, no, I'm thinking Ice Cube. <laughs> oh, it is Ice Cube. It is Ice Cube. This guy's Ice, Cube. Ice Cube. Oh, is it the one with the, Ice the Cube and Charlie Day? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's it. Yeah, I can't yeah, remember yeah, the name yeah. of it. Dude, look it up. Google yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the Google it's machine. Like, it was like, I remember thinking it was, like, remember that movie, Three O'Clock High? <laughs> I remember that. That was like old yeah. school. Was, I, I always felt like it was a, an update of that where, you know, he's like, the. I think Ice Cube was playing the yeah, bully but they, teacher. But yeah, but yeah. these were teachers and Three O'Clock right. High was like But it's students. like the same premise. Like, you know, I'll meet you at Three O'Clock after school. We're going to have a fight. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like the bully teacher, like, intimidates. I think Charlie Day was like the little scrawny teacher who. Oh, I think I remember that. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't the see the movie. Of. I just saw the yeah, trailer for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But you worked on that. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, as an assistant, uncredited, you know, which oh, is totally fine. Fist Go fight. look for your names. No, 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 totally fine. Fist fight is named. Fist fight. Movie. Yeah, fist fight. And, and I worked a little bit on Gemini Man. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, Gemini Man is that that's Netflix? The Will Smith that's Will coming Smith out. Coming yeah. out. Yeah. Really? Yeah. We have somebody who worked on Gemini Man in the studio here today. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Nice. No, I, I was um, <laughs> long before. I mean, I had to keep that under wraps for forever. Um, even the fact that you know Will Smith was was on working on a movie, much you know, much less who was directing it or or you know the name of the movie. All of that I had to keep that under wraps for you know for the longest. Oh, we're gonna have to add that to the list of movies that we will watch. <laughs> <laughs> have to watch it. Are you yeah. credited in that one? No, no, no. All right, forget it. Totally. We're watching yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. No, I granted, I mean, all the work was done by the the wonderful storyboard artist that I assisted for, Ryan Faulkner. He's he's amazing. I, I, I the work that I did was was like grayscales and a little bit of, you know, cleaning up. That's about it, you know. But hey man, it's, still you got to say you worked on a movie. Yeah, huh? yeah, you yeah, on yeah. Something. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. I mean it's hard work. He was he had to fly out on location I mean hey Hardy you know, he flew out he got to work with Ang Lee directly and just I'm sure he oh, had cool. a, a great time And uh, but oh, Ang Lee's Taiwanese by the way yeah. <laughs> you flew him out on one of those mini doves he has <laughs> 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 yeah so that's cool but yeah so then um, so yeah working on storyboards mm. and then got a call from Bill Jemis again mm. and now he's got a company called Artist Raiders Artisans and it's, I know it's a mouthful but it's called AWA and uh, we're going to be run, we're going to be producing this time a bunch of different imprints one of which is run mm. by Axel Alonso who used to be editor-in-chief at Marvel and uh, we have an amazing slate of artists and writers and, um, you know, we're going to be launching in spring 2020. We're so you guys are like a comic book world by storm. Absolutely. So you guys are like just production company producing platform for all these uh, artists and, and writers to create their. Um, so AWA is kind of like the umbrella, like the 
umbrella company. Okay. And we are a company of creators who who also operate the company as well. Yeah, cool. So owned and operated by the creators. Artists, writers, and artisans, artisans account for, you know, the people like Bill Jemis and Axel Alonso. They're, they're, they're kind of like artisans, mm-hmm. you know, when they're not also writing and, and doing things like that. Yeah, so Upshot is the name of Axel Alonso's imprint under awa but we're gonna have other imprints as well right and you know axel is also kind of like the editor-in-chief at least well he's a chief creative officer cco Mm -hmm. so um you know he does he's hands-on for a lot of these upshot titles i mean all of them i should say in the same way that if there's another imprint that we create we're going to be hands-on so we're not like just overseeing kind of arm's length Mm -hmm. like we're neck deep in this stuff you know right and uh, and what what do you do exactly for that? Oh yeah, yeah. What do I do? Um, I draw all the books. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, and you I, have time to talk to us. Get yeah. back to work. <laughs> <laughs> I am the art director. Cool. So if I do the um, uh, for uh, specifically for the Upshot imprint, I'm doing a lot of the book design. You know, so I do the title logo design. The, so these what we're holding in our hands, yeah, or yeah. what Picklebeck yeah. and Evil Yeah, Ranger. I designed uh, the logo for Upshot. I designed the logo for AWA. And you've so, got some heavy hitters involved. Like, uh, like I'm reading on your Creative Council, you got uh, J. Michael Straczynski on here. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Garth Ennis, Frank Cho. I, I recognize Frank a lot Cho. of these names. Like, yeah. Straczynski's yeah. like the man. It's like he's written yeah. like so Four, much. Four. He did Babylon Five. Yep, yep. yep. Well, yeah, he wrote yeah, some of my favorite Ghostbusters episodes in the '80s. Oh wow. Yeah, he was like a story editor so he wrote a lot of episodes for that cool cool but yeah yeah like some that's so that's i mean the architect of that is axel he thought of the idea of the creative council he reached he knows all of them he's worked probably worked with them before you know at least once before which is why he has he holds them in such high regard and would put them on the council so it's just amazing you know the kind of vision that axel has for upshot um he's he's hands-on in everything and that's the great thing about him is that he has such a even as you know me being the art director i can honestly say that he is an art director himself Mm -hmm. you know he has an amazing ability to to have to create a concept for an idea convey it to me and then like really just bring out the designer in me on many levels so it's just uh i'm sure he has that ability with writers and artists which is why he's able he, i mean i mean hopefully you know everyone will agree that these books that are coming out are going are just going to look and read beautifully and it's i think it's a testament to you know his ability to bring out this creative power out of I can definitely say it for myself on the designer side because I, you know I'm not a designer by trade. You know I was in the right place at the right time. I have to say, but you know I definitely have embraced the role as art director, doing a lot of design work. And if not for Axel, I would say you know I wouldn't have the confidence that I have now because it's always been a confidence thing for me. It's like either you walk into a room and you own the room, or you walk into the room and you're you're shriveled up. You know, mm-hmm. and and you know I've always kind of been the type that you know needed a little little extra push a little bit of extra um come on man you can do this i, I believe in you man you can do it right you know just a, just just that little phrase makes such a big difference mm. it, you know if anything it, it's taught me how to be a better leader just because how, just just how a little little phrase a little thank you mm-hmm. a little a little you killed it just can just invigorate 
especially the creative people out there and i mean i think creative people you know should run the show they should run the country you know <laughs> but it's like creative people are, are needy in, in the sense that they need that feedback and if you can give creative people that feedback that they need man the sky's the limit for that person right yeah. see maybe you should give him a pat on the back every once in a while i say thank you to victor when he's uh, <laughs> creating the comic strips for us and everything so yeah i, I should feel i don't feel it from you sometimes <laughs> <laughs> you want to pat on you want a cookie i'll give you a cookie yeah. a cookie would be nice let's go get you let's go let's go get you a cookie <laughs> good boy <laughs> you're a good yeah. boy or no, but, double stuffed <laughs> no it's it's hey man uh, you know creatives i mean that's where okay that's where the creatives with thick skin go go places. Mm-hmm. They're like, "F you, man! I'm I'm the best. I don't care what you say to me, you know." But it's like if you're like most creatives out there, you're thin skin, and people are like, "Oh, yeah, it's okay." They're like, "Oh, fuck! It sucks." You know, rip it up and throw it in the garbage can, you know. <laughs> this is like, yeah. I have a friend, a uh, coworker at my day job who uh-huh. who's very prolific. He loves to draw a skit. Like every time he's at the desk, he's he's yeah. got his book out. Yeah. But and I have to try to stop him from throwing it in the garbage half the time yeah, because yeah. I'd say this is really good and they're like one stray line and all he's ready to rip it up yep yep and that's that that's the the negative voice in the head syndrome with artists is that um it, it's 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 really debilitating but artists who can at least get past that are ready now to face the really negative criticism from other people <laughs> um what and if it's your friend it's one thing if it's your boss it's another thing yeah you know where it's just like oh man my boss thinks i suck oh now what you know mm-hmm. so it, but it, you know it's, it's a constant falling down and getting back up just like life and there's no right or wrong you can you can incorporate that negative shit that your mom said to you 50 years ago and be like i'm taking that to my grave you know <laughs> and that, there's nothing wrong with that you can't i'll judge. show you i'll be an unemployed hungry artist <laughs> <laughs> it's up to you man like you can you let that go you let that go it's you know when but when you're ready only when you're ready you know you need that support you know, for me, is my you know, I had a huge, big support structure. That's the only way I could be an artist is my wife, you know, my my parents, even my kids. You know, it's just like they they all support me. So so it's good. You know, it's good. That's that's where it comes from. Do your kids get to brag about you, like bring your dad to work or some to school day and be like, my dad is a comic book artist and he did this and he did that. Did you do Iron Man? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, the thing is, I mean, I no. storyboarded it maybe up by myself, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they, um, yeah, yeah, kids, kids, it's a whole thing, man. But I, I will say that my mom was like, oh, yeah, my son, he work at Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> like, mom, I don't work at Marvel, okay? It's like, oh, your high school friend, he really wanted to, to talk to you. I was like, oh, really, that guy? Oh, really? Um, yeah, I told him you work at Marvel. I'm like, I don't work at Marvel. <laughs> That's why he wanted to talk to me. <laughs> but uh, have you worked at Marvel? <laughs> oh, so one time in my life, I, I worked on a marvel licensed product it was um there were upper deck sketch cards i did a set of original upper deck premiere marvel premiere sketch oh, the, cards like the marvel cards or the little artists yeah yeah I yeah but it was it those. was it was backbreaking work for like pennies really but it was like okay so i don't know if you guys have ever seen these trading cards but they're four wide trading cards ultra four big wide. okay and they're on they're on like cardboard very shiny cardboard uh, not not shiny they're matte but okay. um but there's eight sides then so you got to draw eight basically you got to draw eight trading cards uh-huh. i mean you can have them um uh, spill over right so you could yeah. draw like one or long picture of deadpool right and that that's one side but there's two sides so you got to draw a four panel picture and then you got to flip it over and you got to draw a three panel picture because one card is like you have you have received 
uh, an official oh, original okay. sketch card, uh, blah, blah, blah. It's like seven trading cards, right? I don't know if I can say this on the air, oof. but I got paid. I didn't get paid a lot. But <laughs> You could say that. I got... <laughs> you don't have to give well, us numbers, but you could say like... Yeah, yeah I could give you... I'll give you the numbers after the show. Yeah, you give me numbers. the numbers. No, they... I mean, and they're famous for, for you know... Um, Holy shit, I wonder if I have those cards because I used to collect tons of cards. Well, this came out... My set came out in 2018 and... and oh, okay. Oh, okay. It's I stopped yeah, a long yeah. time ago. Okay. It's ultra premium too, so it like yeah, I think you have to buy a tin and a tin is like two hundred bucks. Really? Yeah. So your print it's is somewhere in a tin that's worth two hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. And then that's awesome. I know I know I, I wanna say two or three people have bought these tins and reached out to me on social media. Yeah. Which is amazing. <laughs> it's the most amazing. I, I can. I don't care how much Marvel paid me now. Like somebody bought a Marvel product, uh-huh. got my art, original art, uh-huh. and tweeted to me. I mean, that's the best feeling in the world. That that's like it's pretty cool. Drawing a Marvel comic book and having somebody say, "Dude, that art was awesome." That's what you live for. You know what I mean? So like, at least you know, I got that happened to me once with the name Marvel. Now my other thing on my bucket list is to do the same thing for Star Wars. For Star Wars, at least. Well, oh, Star Wars to Marvel. Transformers. No. How can I say Transformers? Transformers. Oh, I so, think so. it was Star Wars yeah, either way. Star Wars and Transformers. Uh, you know, I know I bad. I just bad mouthed. <laughs> <laughs> I bad mouthed Hasbro. I haven't bad mouthed bad mouth Star Wars yet, but I will. I will bad mouth Star Wars if you give me a chance. <laughs> so I'm gonna burn some bridges on this. No, see, this could be like a challenge. Just like I'll show you that we're not these idiots. Uh, you're gonna work for us, and we're gonna show you how awesome we are. Yeah, That's you're gonna the way be, it's gonna work. You're going to be one of our slave <laughs> uh, people working in our slave shop <laughs> no, 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 no. they're gonna yeah, show be like, you we're like no you know he thinks we're like this no we're gonna prove him wrong and we're gonna give him whatever he wants and he's gonna make oh, awesome oh, that, images that. and awesome art yeah. for us oh that, that angle hey I, I i'd sign up for that <laughs> hey, i'd work in their sweatshop take your I don't giant care. check and get out of my office <laughs> <laughs> so call no, me an idiot will you? <laughs> i think um to your point stand it reminded me i think Transformers currently are making like a card game. They are. So they are with know, pretty they, art. It's the art's good. They, yeah. you know, you gotta like uh, you do but transformer art. Can, I, can I can I rip on the trading card game? Can you rip sure, on why not? Sure. <laughs> Wait, are you planning on working for them? That, that's how, I am. I am. That's how hardcore we are with Transformer. As a Transformer fan, we get to rip on it as well because we're yeah, still oh, in love. Oh, now you it. rip on it. We're still in love with Transformers. We, we got to be a little no, pig like it. Fine. Now he says he can rip on it. Every time, like, you gonna watch the new movie? No, it looks like it's garbage. No, it's gonna be great. It's gonna it's be awesome. How dare you it's say that? Movie of all time. <laughs> in any case uh, <laughs> yes I know they're making a card game Stan but you yeah. would definitely want to uh, reach out and, and man to have because I would collect that card game if I knew Stan was uh, illustrating you it would, you, oh. you would collect it whether or not well, Stan okay, so here's, was going to here's the thing it. here's the thing is that yes I would do any amount of art no job too small for Hasbro or and or IDW okay so that said I would rather do a custom Transformers trading card game that I control I can't make any money off of it, yes, right? But I could give you a whole deck, you know what I mean? I, I've drawn, like, this year alone, I've drawn, like, 150 pieces of Transformers art. Mm. And if I design a trading card game around that, and I just print it on my own thing, and I never sell it, right? I, that, to me, is better, you know? And and you could have a unique deck that you only people who know me can have, mm-hmm. you know? And it's real easy now, like, you guys know, you can print. There are trading card printers online that you mm. just pay 50 bucks, and they'll they'll 
print you up a whole nice trading card deck. And to me, that's where I'm at in my mind. It's like, if I want to do Star Wars, you know, I could just, if I had enough Star Wars art, I don't, unfortunately. But I just got to look at what I have, you know. I just have Go back to your cave <laughs> and get to work. <laughs> right, right. Well, see, the thing is, I know, I know a guy. I know a guy. Ooh. Um, but the problem is, I don't have enough Star Wars in my portfolio to say, here, take my Star Wars art, show it to your guy, and get me signed up for some Star Wars stuff. Is your guy Mark Hamill? <laughs> <laughs> Always, yeah. Mark Mark Hamill's one of the few guys, especially since he was so vocal about Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. He's one of the few like big guys that I would go to talk talk to and meet because I know he's one of our boys. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. He's 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 not a sellout. He's 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 a fan. He's a fan himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, which isn't to say you know I won't. Oh, you know I won't talk to a sellout or or that I even know what a sellout is. I don't know what a sellout is. But to me, at least in the media, the way the media portrays him, he's a bad boy. He's you know what I mean. He's one of us. You Mm -hmm. know, and and it's kind of like Keanu Reeves. It's like no one looks like Keanu Reeves and say, oh, Keanu Reeves. It's like everyone looks like Keanu Reeves. Like man, he's one of us. He's he's cool, man. He's he'll hang out with us. You know, he'll sit at this the nerds fork table. Yeah. And he'll hang out with Jesus us. Jesus you know? Christ, he'll imagine ride the subway. You know yeah, what I mean? It's like that's, <laughs> that's Keanu yeah. Reeves and see if he'll come over here. <laughs> that's what I mean. It's just like that's you know, hey, you know, Mark Hamill might have lost some face with some people. Hey, man, he's I doubt it. Uh, he's been not loved. enough people to matter. Okay, yeah. Kathleen Kennedy. He lost face with Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> well, he doesn't need to talk to her anymore. <laughs> As a, I, I don't know if I ever mentioned it to you, talking about trans, still staying in the vein of Transformer stuff. Heck yeah. I wanted to mention. <laughs> you're welcome. I'm a huge Transformer. How big of a Transformer fan are you? Are you into the lore, the history, the just the drawings? Like, if I ask you who was the original Prime... Would you know who that is? Uh, oh, you mean like the first Prime? Yeah. Because mind you, Optimus Prime... Was not the first. Was not the first. Yeah, it was yeah. like the fourth or fifth. Yeah, so mind, was, mind. what was it? Was that Nova Prime? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I, I it was I, just Prime. I, yeah, I think I, I failed It was one. Amazon Prime. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Amazon Prime. No, unfortunately... No, or not unfortunately... Happily, I happily am a hardcore G1 fan. Mm-hmm. Always will be. And I take it a step further than G1 in that I was a tech spec fan. Tech so spec. I memorized some of the numbers, not all, but some of the numbers on the tech specs to where it was like, okay, if your firepower is a nine and you shoot me, I have a general sense of like, okay, you're going to do some damage to me. If you're Bumblebee and your firepower is a one, if you shoot me, I'm I laugh might, at you. Yeah, I might <laughs> you across the feel like a breeze. Because <laughs> that's my problem with the Bay movies is like, uh, like Bumblebee's gun was as strong as Megatron's gun. It's like that doesn't happen to me in Transformers the world because it was like this. It was like, okay, are you strong? Are you intelligent? Are, are you, you fast? fast? Mm-hmm. But do you have endurance, which can have multiple meanings? Do you have courage? Do you have firepower? Or do you have skill? Or do you have a combination of them? Or or are you just a warrior that has like sixes across the board, you know, right. sevens across the board? Right. You know, where where do you spike and where do you trough? Right. You know, where's your peaks and troughs? That to me was interesting because you could get when you bought your warrior, you were like, all right, I got to assess this warrior now. It's like D&D, you know, or whatever. It's like I got to assess this warrior. Nobody can be all tens. Right. right. Unless you're prime, you're close, but your speed was low and your firepower was low. Right, you know, Megatron was interesting to me because he was all over the place. Right, you know, he was slow. <laughs> he wasn't like all the tens that you would expect. You mm-hmm. know? But I thought that that was great because Megatron needed, you know, more support from his troops. 
that, right. you know? They got to the point where, you know, <clears throat> by season three, there were people that were all tens. There were like 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 9, 10. You were, you were better than Prime. And it was just like, nah, you know, that's lame, you know? Because it's, that's like a child. Yeah. A child making a See, text. that's spec. what they don't understand. Power levels. Yeah. The same thing with movies. It's like the Marvel movies. It's like, oh my God, Thanos is this strong. Wait, Thor is this strong. Yeah, yeah. Captain no. America is this strong. Wait, now he's fighting Thanos one-on-one. And yeah, he's exactly. His hand. Wait, what? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> they don't seem it's to like understand power levels. The first time I saw Civil War, and I was, it was Iron Man versus Captain America, I was like, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait a minute. Iron Man can press... Whatever it was, 80 tons, Something 70 like tons. Yeah. And Captain America is uh, engages in, uh, what do they say in the Marvel Universe things? Intense regular exercise. Yeah. <laughs> Intense regular exercise. Right. He didn't even have super strength back then, you know, in the comics. Right. He was just hardcore dude with intense regular exercise on the shield. Mm-hmm. That's what made him even more badass. Yeah. Right. But now he's fighting Thanos. He's like, all right, whatever. <laughs> he, he's like... Fighting uh, not Iron to Man. take a, I was like, not yeah, to take okay. away from you know Endgame when he picked up the hammer and then no, kicked yeah, ass. He, that yeah. was fucking that awesome. Was, <laughs> that was awesome, and that's because it's like I know the general lay of the land in MCU. I'm yeah. like, okay, Captain America can go toe to toe with uh, full armor Iron Man, full power, full armor Iron Man. Okay, they're going with something different. That's cool. The movies are great. Everybody loves them. I got nothing to say about. I won't trash talk the movies. Please hire me. Movies and other stuff is the power levels because yeah, yeah. some cases. Give you some characters be over that are in this? a few minutes if they just if you yeah. left them there milliseconds <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah milliseconds so uh, yeah. so you had to make up an excuse to put Captain Marvel oh I have to go watch these other thousand planets I'll see you in about two and a half hours when the final battle shows yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. call me yeah. when you really need me yeah exactly kind of yeah. thing, right because they're making the my sequel I'll be back later is shoot down the enemy ship <laughs> <laughs> yeah the entire ship yeah. 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 well that's what makes it hard for writers right when you have like these op characters they don't you don't know it's hard to write for an op character because like what are you going to do with them? Put them in it. You got to put them in a challenging situation, yeah. or an impossible yeah. situation where they can't use <clears throat> what makes them them, their power. You know what yeah. I mean? So they yeah. have to that's, do That's the tough part is that most sequels, they, they go by that um, progression. Well, then the second movie, kind of like the old Superman movie, where it's like, okay, yeah, Superman's badass, but second movie, you got to take away his powers for like yeah. most of the movie, you know? Right. Well, Superman's then, really difficult to write for because again, yeah. he's Superman; he can do like everything. Yep. And uh, he's gonna need a villain that can challenge him. Lex Luthor's a good villain because he doesn't challenge him, you know, physically; he challenges right. him mentally. Right. Right. You right. know, with the intellect. Same thing with Batman. Some of Batman's enemies, I mean, pretty much you could just shoot them, <laughs> throw a rock at them, whatever. Throw a rock at them. Yeah, but it's yeah. those that you know, like the Riddler. The Riddler challenges him, you know, yeah. with his, you know, thoughts, mm-hmm. mentals, puzzles. Uh, the Joker is just all over the place. He's crazy, but he's smart. He's intelligent. He's genius level. So one of the things I, I wanted to mention, going back to the Transformer thing here, is oh yeah, why I am a huge fan of Transformers. Then yeah, no, really, we have only all heard right, this yeah, thirteen, fourteen million times. He didn't know. He doesn't know. I am such a huge fan. Yeah. Of Transformers, specifically Optimus Prime, is my hero. Cool. My son is named Orion Pax in real life. That's his no way genuine name. Yeah, yeah he, he tricked his wife into making that happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. My son's name is uh, Orion Pax. First name is different, but his middle name is Orion Pax. And what was the um, the deception? The, the well, he basically the went, he deception. went. He went. I mean, his wife Jen knows how big he is in Transformers, obviously. But she 
just not as educated in the lore as he is. So he went to her with, they're discussing baby names. He went to her and said, what do you think of Orion Pax? And she said, oh, that's a beautiful name. I love that name. Not, not having a clue what the origin is. <laughs> well, to give a little bit more context behind it is because uh, she likes the constellations as well. And I kind of pitched it as Orion as the Orion belt Got in it. the sky. Got it. But what but about Pax? Pax is because I'm like, I like the name Pax too because my middle name is Alexander. Where Alex, a lot of people know me as Al. With I always wanted my first son or any sons that I might have in the future have an X in their name, somewhere in their name. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I like Pax. And you Pax also like is, the X-Men. Why don't you call him Xavier? Because <laughs> <laughs> my nephew is named Xavier <laughs> from my sister. Yeah, but uh, he's a Z, not an X. No, it's an X. Oh, they made an X. Xavier, yeah, but they call him Xavier. But Pax is Latin for peace. Oh. Orion is Greek for war. Warrior. So if you put it together, it's warrior of peace, which is what is Optimus. That a paradox what, or a contradiction? what Optimus kind of uh, <laughs> Optimus is what that's what he is. He's a warrior of peace. He wants peace in the galaxy. He wants peace for By sentient shooting beings. and kicking ass. <laughs> yeah. 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 Big gun ass. For warrior peace. <laughs> so uh, I pitched that const- the constellation kind of thing to yeah. my wife, and she was like, "Oh, that's beautiful. I like it and everything." And then, and then once the after first, I signed the, the paper, I was like, "By the way." Oh man! After a toy. Oh, that's clever. That's clever, man. Yeah, so, I should have. I should have uh, done something similar. <laughs> <laughs> now my kid is just Bob. You <laughs> <laughs> can name your your next one Starscream. <laughs> well, I, I was um, working in Manhattan. You know, in Manhattan they have or wherever these elevators with these little uh, TVs in them, and they were like in the U.S. last year, thirteen parents named their children Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> really? You know, Thanos is not even his real name, right? That's like a title that was given to him or something like that. His real name's Chip. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. I think in the comic books they, they said what his real name was or something like that. Yeah, I'm that. sure he has got a, he's got a little other name, but... Yeah, I forgot the name of his... He went into his past and his mother shouted out his name and it was, an, it was just like a brief moan in the comics and it was like this big thing like, oh my god, Thanos' mom called him a different name. That's got <laughs> be his real name Thanos or something like that. He's probably cursing him out. <laughs> I searched Thanos' real name. I got Josh Brolin. His <laughs> <laughs> so real name is Josh. I think I think it started with a D. Uh, Thanos, Dion? the destroyer Dion? of worlds. I'm sorry? Dion? Let me see. Dion? Uh, D-I-O-N-E. I think that was his real Dion? name. No wonder he goes by Thanos. <laughs> and then later on, he changed his Thanos. Kind of like Megatron in the origin of Megatron. I don't know uh-huh. if you know. It was like no. uh, uh, Megatron was a, uh, is a name he took from the original Megatronus, uh, Megatronus it, yeah, who was yeah. one of the original Transformers. Before Autobots and Decepticons became factions, they were just known as Transformers or whatever they called themselves. And Megatronus was one of the originals. And he yeah, took the yeah. name. So uh, when he immigrated here, he changed the name to Megatron. Megatron. (laughs) (laughs) And I I forgot. When he got to Ellis Island, they just screwed it up. They forgot the onus part. (laughs) And the Decepticon symbol was like, kind of like, not blood or whatever it is that comes from their their systems or stuff Uh like that was spilled on Megatron's chest. And I think it was either Starscream or Shockwave saw that. It looked like it made a symbol on Megatron's chest and they designed it to make it look as the Decepticons. So so the Decepticons had an artist. (laughs) I'll I'll sign up for that. Decepticon (laughs) artist. Yeah. You know, I am into the lore and I think I got into the lore because of of the... um, who was it that brought back Transformers? Uh, Dream Dreamwave Comics. Who was the Oh yeah, uh, that owner? was a big. That was a Pat big, uh, yeah. Pat Lee. Pat Lee, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a young kid at the time. Created Dreamwave. Oh, amazing, amazing, amazing. story. All right, he was the one who brought Transformers back. Yep. Into the mainstream. Yep. Yep. He got the license. Yeah. And I will. I do know a a sort of backstory that when Bill Jemis 
mm-hmm. my boss, was running Marvel, mm-hmm. he turned down the Transformers license from Hasbro. Really? And it, then it went. Because, you know, he, it could have come to Marvel at that point. Well, it could have come back because like, they, they did have it at one point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he turned it down. <laughs> and and he was like, I didn't see I didn't see that it could make any money. And, and Pat took it. It was the number one selling comic that month when, when the first issue came out, right? That It was like everybody was after that comic book. When the it was, Pat Lee it was pandemonium. The art I was so good. It, it you know, like, I rip on so many artists. That art was like, was jaw-dropping. It was phenomenal. It was amazing. The coloring and the line work. And it, the way he <laughs> kept it true to what the G1 was, but just well, I, more I would, modern. I would, I would uh, be careful. With that, yeah. <laughs> it was it was just more modern to me. It was more sleek. It was like, well, he, I don't know how else he, to describe it. It was beautiful art. Yeah, he, he took the G1 designs and he added sort of just the right amount of like kibble and beveling. Mm-hmm. Like beevils, you know, yeah, beveled yeah. edges. And then with the great coloring, you just it popped like crazy. Now that you know that design aesthetic with just a little bit more kibble could be the you know could have always been the movie yeah, yeah. aesthetic you know and and the way they had them finding them in the in the ice and everything mm-hmm. they, I'm pretty sure they took that from Pat Lee you know yeah in the movies. I'm surprised they didn't really reach out to Pat Lee more on that. I, I, I think he had some problems towards the end because Dreamwave, it was like a, a rise and fall of, of Dreamwave. I would love yeah. to see a documentary on that, you know, if someone was out there to make a documentary of that. I, I think just, there, there's at least a lot of information on the web about what happened. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, yeah. some of it could be true, some of it could be made uh, up. We don't well, know. I would yeah. want to see someone to collect that. I see. I would I love see. to see what that is because he was really great at doing Yeah. That yeah. company was like yeah, skyrocketing. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Yeah, just yeah. I fell. think. Um, I think, and, and not you know. Hopefully, this doesn't speak of him in a bad light. Just kind of is somewhat accurate. It's like to me, he's kind of like just I don't know, just not careful with the money. It's that that was my sense yeah. of the whole issue. Mm-hmm. The money got out of his hands, and he got a little bit too much into the um, the lavish lifestyle and everything. Because if you have a best-selling comic book at the time, like some of the early even the early image comic you could make two hundred thousand dollars on one book one month that's crazy you could make two hundred a two hundred thousand dollar no 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 i'm sorry i'm sorry so let me put it this way the artist on the book could make two hundred thousand dollars just the artist so don't even want to know what the publisher is making you know what i mean it's right that was a story that i uh, heard from jay lee Mm -hmm. when he was working for image on hellshock or whatever he was working on hellshock he he kind of spilled the beans that he could make more on one issue of hellshock than he could in 10 years at Marvel. Jesus Christ. So that's what they were paying Marvel artists at the time. And then Mar- Marvel artists started to jump ship, right? Mm-hmm. And then Marvel sent an email to all of their artists and creators and said, if you jump, it, you know, if you even email image, you're fired. Jesus Christ, yeah. So, it, but but that, that that shook up the industry. Was that, that was how much image was paying their artists, that you know? Amazing. Not even the spawns and the young bloods and the savage, I don't know, Savage Dragon probably never made that much. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Sorry, Eric. You know, I was a big fan of your art for a while. Nice. But, uh, no, actually, I, he, I was the biggest fan of your Spider-Man. But, um, we'll keep that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. He doesn't care. He doesn't give a shit. Um, yeah, two hundred thousand. Jay Lee made two hundred thousand dollars on one issue of Hellshock. That and, is and, crazy. And, wow. I so Pat Lee Hellshock. was was swimming in dough. Yeah. swimming in dough and then when he started releasing like four or five different Transformers comics and all the other Dream La- Dreamwave stuff that they were doing and they were shipping late and it was just like kind of like the image story yeah, you know yeah. but, but without but image, it was still able to hold on though I mean, yeah yeah yeah. Image was able to hold on Image probably had you know the right people helping out they but, pivoted um, you know they, they went a, a but if you direction. imagine just you know Pat Lee with his possibly his shady uh, accountant right you know possibly you know 
other people kind of meddling with stuff, not telling him the truth according to him, mm-hmm. you know, then yeah, he could have been a victim. You know? Yeah. So I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I'm sort of being the documentary for you. No, that's, that's fine. <laughs> I, I like I said. I, I I'm so fascinated by the whole Dreamwave because I have almost everything of Dreamwave. Oh man, collecting yeah, yeah. in boxes somewhere. Oh um, man, that's cool. It's cool. That that that's that's some street cred right there because that was um there was definitely like a lot of fervor, a lot of excitement around that, and oh, I remember yeah. thinking like, oh man, that's way to go, Pat, because like you know even feeling a little bit jealous, like God, you know, I wish I could do something crazy like that for Transformers and yeah. just excite the whole fan base. Not not even bringing on new Transformers fans. You yeah, know, and, absolutely. And and just elevating the level of art in an entire industry. Mm-hmm. Not just Transformers art, but just like comics art in general. Mm-hmm. Like his comics were some of the best looking ones on the shelf. Hell yeah. And, Love it. Um, you know, he, he launched the careers of, of a lot of artists and, and colorists. Colorists for sure, because that coloring is like drop dead gorgeous. So at the very least, you could say he's a great art director, <laughs> you know, because he, he, uh, he hunted down and found artists and, and um, you know, directed them to do great work, you know, in some cases helping him on, <laughs> according to, to lore, according to lore, some of the, some of the books that he was supposed to have drawn were actually ghost drawn by other people you know? oh really um, but anyway. so i didn't know that but listen i'm getting close to wrapping this up oh, okay but what i want to say is since you're in the industry and i have victor here who's an aspiring artist he's an amazing artist as well you should check out his stuff and maybe not only to him but to our listeners here do you have any words of wisdom for an aspiring artist someone out there who who's trying to get off the ground too <laughs> victor i mean i always hear like like you said it's not too late you know yeah. you hear stories about oh stan lee didn't create spider-man until he was in his 40s okay so you know it's like oh yeah. you can you'd be 70 years old and hit it big you know so like like what would, could you share what nugget can you give our listeners yeah, I mean, and how, aspiring artists out there to, like just straight get started and get his foot off get it off the ground Okay, there, I could go in a million different directions and probably spend like an hour talking about this. But could you kind of direct me along a certain... Like specifically you, you know, like if there's a, a bit of advice that you're looking for or like what's what's something mo- a little bit more specific in terms of like, is it creating an indie comic? Is it, you know, breaking in as a storyboard artist? Is it what skills do you need? You know, like what tools do you use? It's like there's a lot of different angles I could go about this, but like... Do you want to frame it uh, uh, specifically? Hmm. Uh, well, like what's troubling what doing, you? Or, well, a lot of or, what yeah. I'm doing right now is mostly just. I mean, I'll, I'll show you. Most of my stuff is on my Instagram. Okay. And a lot of my stuff is fan art, and a lot okay. of my stuff is portrait art, and a lot of other stuff like that. So I haven't actually. And we also do the comic strip for our website. Got it. Which Got is it. a little different style than what I usually do, but it's more like simple and. Like you, like it falls. I would say it falls into what you were saying. Like, do art that's accessible to everybody that they can look at and say, "Oh, I could do that." Yeah, so I think that's what I think the comic, book, the comic strip falls under that. Like, yeah, absolutely, I can do that. But for a long time, I've been, I've just never known. Okay, how do I? I can draw like a hundred Spider Mans all day, but you know, I, I never knew where to where do I can begin monetizing this. Oh, okay, where do, like, I can post, I can yeah. post it all day and get a hundred likes on Instagram. But okay, a hundred people liked it. I'm not making any money off of that. Right, right. And I always heard like breaking into comics was just like the hardest thing in the world to do. It is, yeah. And a lot of I had like when I was going to school, I had a lot of people who had aspirations to do yeah. that. I think some of them were pretty successful, others not so much. Okay. And I just I don't know, I just never really knew quite how to get started. Or just is it like just like throwing your money into a table and hoping for the best like you did? Right, you know? right, right. Or is there like different ways to go about it? I mean, I'm not really being clear, but No, no, know. no. I hear you. I hear you. So, but is it mon- sort of money related then? Yeah, I think okay, so. Okay. Okay. So, specifically 
for comic drawing? Are, are you are you interested in storytelling in the comic book style? Like drawing, I mean, drawing comic art. I should say, just yeah. I think I like drawing comic art. I'm not sure if okay. it means fully full on comic strips or a comic yeah, book, yeah, yeah. or it's yeah, just yeah. like fan art and portrait. Like I just want to draw. Like see, like a, this guy draws a, just a thing of Spider Man yeah, yeah, or a thing yeah, of yeah. Optimus Prime and yeah, sells it yeah. at a booth, and that's enough for him. You know, right, right. Well, which is it? I is think it? I like this style better. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So, so like, kind of like being a fan artist and honing your craft, doing one off, mm-hmm. like pinups, so yeah, to speak, stuff right? Like that. And coloring it yourself and everything. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. One a one man show. Yeah. Kind of like doing fan art and stuff like that. I think. I think that is. So you were talking about m- like making money, right? Like doing that. I guess it starts kind of with understanding who what fandom resonate the most with you what you draw you know so like if it's transformers then really double down triple down quadruple down on the fandom that seems to be responding the most to your artwork Mm. you know and then once you hone down on the fandom understand the inner workings of what part of the fandom generates the most money when I was starting to get more into drawing Marvel and things like that, I, I started to get really curious about what was selling at shows. So I would actually go through shows and, and stop at people's tables that were drawing things that I was interested in or in the same area that I was interested in. I would ask them, what's selling the most today? You know, And they would tell me almost the same thing. They would say Deadpool, Joker. So it know. would be like, what, who's the character of the moment? Like, uh, say, if a, if a yeah, Deadpool but, movie is out, so Deadpool's popular today and that's what's selling. Yeah, it could be, but it could be something across the board, like Deadpool mm-hmm. selling better than Thor hmm. so just draw less Thor it's kind of understanding the fandom and what people will will pay for so if Evil Ray doesn't agree with that one but <laughs> he's a Thor fan I'm sorry oh, sorry sorry <laughs> so the first step is to invest time and you're gonna probably go down some wrong paths as well but invest time figuring out what um, resonates the most and at that exact moment archive everything that's not in that fandom off of your instagram either delete it or archive it off if it's a picture of your dog everything just get it off and then be left only with that fandom for that time being that you're gonna experiment with that and draw as many of those pieces as you can try to hit the major ones that people seem to like and then try to parlay that into a print store and showing up at events with make a trading card game no, make a <laughs> and then the whole print game is actually really cool in in the sense that if you get your your quantities right you can buy for a dollar and sell for 20 so that's where you make a lot of money um in that trade and uh, i do have a friend who well he used to work for marvel he's an inker uh, his name is mustafa musa and uh, he does make a living i have a friend named moose too <laughs> <laughs> he lives off of you know going to cons and, and well working for you know comic companies on the side inking and stuff like that but um but yeah it can definitely be done even if you don't want to invest the time in the coloring there are colorists out there who will color for the right to sell the print at their table so if you just bang out the, the pencils or the inks mm-hmm. and the person will be willing to color it for free and then I'll Splitting. sell mine, you sell yours. You sell yours, and we yeah. go our separate ways. We yeah. keep all the money we make off of the art, mm-hmm. you know? So that's another cool arrangement you can find, so making friends with some colorists out mm-hmm. there. Um, I guess that's the tip of the iceberg for that, you know? And I would yeah. say that for the long term, it's a good thing to be working on pinups. It didn't used to be because it was when I was um, aspiring to be a comic book artist, they frowned upon people who could, quote unquote, only draw pinup. Mm-hmm. But I ended up taking that too seriously because if I had kept drawing pinup, you know, I could be selling 200 prints a show. That's $4,000. I could be doing comic covers for Marvel now. 
you know, if I really practiced it, you know, a comic cover for Marvel could run two thousand dollars. One sh- one picture, two thousand dollars, you know, or more. If you're, I'm having a lot of trouble remembering <laughs> names, names today. Like, yeah, exactly. But if you're any of the big artists, you're not only on retainer. They're paying you. They're paying you just to be on retainer, contracted exclusively to work on Marvel covers. They'll pay you five thousand a cover. You know, so there's something to look for, look forward to as well. Granted, it's really hard to get on that list of com- cover mm. artists, but you could be a cover artist for, for example, for Upshot, and we pay whatever the case may be, a thousand dollars or something. You know, so that's something to look forward. If you hone your craft and you get it to a certain look, uh, you know, drawing fandom pinups is one thing, and drawing comic book covers is kind of another thing. But well, there's they're different, they're different camp in that sense. But one thing I say across the board that if you get really good at incorporating into your uh, pinup art will really help your sales is if you study movie posters is that movie posters have incorporated into them an immense amount of art direction, mm. an immense amount of composition, and some of the best artists ever. Like you have the history. You're talking about vintage movie posters. Everything, right? every even even current. Because a lot, because a lot of current ones these days, a lot of it is Photoshop. It like, is I Photoshop. Think the last, like the last one I really saw was like some of the old, the, the more recent Star Wars posters. But don't discount it because there, there's still even though the technical quality isn't there, even though they didn't hire an artist, there's still the art direction and the composition built into it and the color scheme. So the color scheme is really important because the color scheme a lot of times is what sells the idea of the picture. So like if you're doing an Optimus Prime and you want to create a feeling, the feeling of a hero, so to speak, then you might want to just take a look at a Superman poster. You know, is is Optimus Prime super Superman, you know, is he Abraham Lincoln, you know, so if he's Abraham Lincoln, then let's go look at the uh, Abraham Lincoln Spielberg movie, look at all the posters and see how they composed it, you know. Is it a guy, a really tall guy, silhouetted with a big top hat? Fine. Do the same thing with Optimus, but make Optimus Optimus. What makes Optimus Optimus? It might be the two squares, you know. It might be the the, the pipe stacks on the. On the. As long as you can see that, then you can ape the a- Abraham Lincoln poster because they've already thought about how do you make someone look like a tall person that you want to respect, you know. Uh, the Superman angle, a, a superhero with just immense power, you know. How, what color do they use? What lighting? Where is the sun coming from? You know. You know what i mean it's like right. it's like using that larger base of knowledge uh, understanding of color understanding of positioning understanding pose understanding all of that and incorporating that into your art people will know right away and they won't even know why they know but they'll see that and be like well i really like that i don't even know why it's kind of like what yeah. you said it's like i don't even I don't know, know why art, i like it but i like it yeah exactly it's because our minds are so complex that we can you know like digital like terminator right like parse it based on color pose composition uh clouds uh, buildings and all that. it's like and within like three seconds we know we want it that's what you're you're tapping into when you study movie posters See, i like stuff. to i like abraham lincoln you know from a historical standpoint he's like a hero and stuff i didn't know he fought decepticons now so, you know, his, his level just went like oh. yeah, yeah. well stan we're gonna have to cut it here but I am so, so happy that you showed up. You uh, just promote again AWA. You're working for, uh, you're going to produce, uh, what is this, Upshot? Upshot. Yep. They're going to come out with a bunch of comic books. You're the art director for it. Spring 2020. Spring of 2020. Is there anything else that you want to shout out for? before Abraham we- Lincoln, Dece- Decepticon Hunter. <laughs> oh, man. Coming oh, soon. Man. Coming soon. <laughs> Lincoln <Yeah>. Prime. <laughs> Any, anything else that you want to uh, shout out before we Um Yeah, we I would up? just say fine. 
find me on social media. Um, I'm kind of big on Instagram right now. It's my um, flavor of the year or whatever. So yeah, Artist Stan uh, on Instagram. I'm also on Twitter, uh, Facebook, and um, uh, what's the other one? DeviantArt. And DeviantArt. DeviantArt. You'll be here next time, right? Yeah, we, I'll we be could, back. I, if you guys want me back, man, I'll, I'll show you. I'll love to have you back. <laughs> love that. So you could talk more. Maybe maybe when, when this is actually selling off the, the when uh, all your comics are selling off the... Uh, uh, the shelves sure, there. You sure. can come back and be yeah, like, yeah. Get, give us a heads up. Like right before it hits the shelves, we could talk yeah, about well, some well, of the issues. How about this? Copying. I'll make it worth your while. I'll bring in a bunch of sample copies. Oh, yes. Nice. Thank you. Sample stuff. copies, buddy. Yeah, Free stuff. All signed by me. Yay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Even though I didn't draw anything, <laughs> I didn't write anything. <laughs> but, you know, this one, Fight Girls, caught my eye. It's a really interesting Fight story. Fight Girls looks good. Yeah, Archangel we 8 also that. looked good. Oh, cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're hyped. We are definitely hyped to see what these comics are. Year Zero, Year to Zero get us also back, good to me. To get back cool, into cool. the comic because we've been out of the comic game for a little bit. We want to get back in. A lot of these things to these guys' points over here, Pukovic and Evil Ray, they love the comics. Cool. They're interested in some of these things. You Definitely. can bring us some swag. That'll be excellent. For sure, for sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. T-shirts. Yeah. And nah. maybe, maybe <laughs> in the future, I would love to see a collaboration between Stan and Victor to create sure. a comic strip for us. Grayscales. One little comic <laughs> yeah, strip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One little comic strip. One little, one little episode. How about I launch the Hasbro <laughs> strip on your... <laughs> Hey. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, sure, good. sure. That's that's the kind of publicity I, I want. Yeah, drop fifty points. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Victor, yeah. Should I mention the website? If you want, go ahead. So you can find us and all our content on nerdsfork.com. Yes, I said nerdsfork.com. Victor, I'm not yelling it. My throat hurts. Yeah, <laughs> Jarrell normally yells it out. Yeah. Nerdsfork.com. So you can find us on Instagram and Twitter's at nerdsfork. I am one of your hosts. This is Al, Evil Ray, Pickle Vic, Stan, Dan Cho, the yeah. man, soon to be legend in the comic industry. He's already a legend. What are you talking about? Soon to be. He's he's already the man right now. There's he's only one stand the man. <laughs> <laughs> he's cool. Let's not go nuts. <laughs> and he's a buddy. I hope you had a great time, Stan. Yeah, here. I, had a, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, and thanks. I hope you do. Like you say, you're going to come back, please. For sure. For and sure. we could do some more stuff. We can keep talking about stuff. I'm so happy you're here. Now let's go out and get some food because I think these guys oh, are man, hungry. starved. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hungry. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. And we'll catch you next time. See ya. Cool, cool. Thanks so much. That was cool. Thanks for doing it. <laughs>